Varum is relationships. Varum is you and me and everyone in America. What are you talking about? The room is different cookie cutter mm-hmm. from Hollywood. Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. What's going on? Welcome to the Room Minute, the podcast where we get obsessed with the cinematic classic, The Room, one minute at a time. You have no idea what kind of trouble you're in here, do you? Why are you so hysterical? We always wanted people actually talk about it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Allison. Oh, hi, Rob. Oh, hi, listeners. We're here to talk about minute 29 of the room in which Claudette is dying. You know, I didn't understand the intro thing until this time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hi, Tyler. Hi. No, I want to talk about Carolyn Minot. We've mentioned before that she was commuting to set every day from Orange County. I don't think I mentioned that she was never late. Even though she is 64 at the time, uh, the oldest person on the set, she had wanted to act her entire life, but then she had kids and that delayed it. Uh, when her kids got old enough for college, she was still looking for parts, but it was going kind of slow. Eventually, she got this part in the room. Now she's an icon. Yeah. And that's not even sarcastic. I mean... Uh, did she ever work afterward? I don't believe she's done anything else. Well, she's in she's in the room actors where are they now, which we'll talk about a little bit next minute. Or maybe later this minute. I forget when that comes in. She, uh, in The Disaster Artist, Greg Sestero says she never complained, did exactly as she was told, even if that included a scene in which her character announced that she had breast cancer with no apparent concern. (laughs) I got the results of the test back. I definitely have breast cancer. And delivered one of the more coherent performances in the room, which I think is accurate. I remember being relatively moved in the film The Disaster Artist by her kind of like, oh, I always wanted to act and now this is my chance moment well and then you also see in the disaster artist movie that like she fainted on set because it was hot yeah we so did not give anyone water (laughs) uh hydrate or dihydrate the moment she actually fainted is later it's going to be in minute 51 when she says if you think i'm tired today wait until you see me tomorrow if you think i'm tired today wait till you see me tomorrow he didn't know humans needed water yeah, he didn't understand. <laughs> um, Wiseau never barked at her like he did at others on set. Greg Sestero thinks this is because of one of two reasons, that she, like Tommy, was trying to fulfill a late-in-life dream of movie stardom, or maybe she just made him feel younger. <laughs> she was the only one on set older than him. Well, maybe Tommy has, like, a weird code of ethics where, like, you like you do not disrespect elders ever. Possibly, yeah. And, yeah, as the only person older than him, he's nice to her. Although... The Disaster Artist movie suggests that he did get a little upset when she fainted <laughs> and they couldn't film. So, Now, as for the this minute, yeah, no one wants to help Claudette. And I'm dying. <laughs> Mom, you're not dying. <laughs> I got the results of the test back. I definitely have breast cancer. Oh. Now, it, <laughs> now, in the script, Lisa actually already mentioned to Tommy, to Johnny, uh, Every time. Lisa already mentioned to Johnny that her mother was tested for breast cancer. So they did sort of set up this conversation a little bit. I don't know if it comes up again later in the script, but it definitely never comes up again in the movie. Real Chekhov's cancer. Well, yeah, the final scene is when the cancer comes in and kills Johnny. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's one of my favorite things in the movie is the the shoehorned Denny drug dealer thing. (laughs) The gun has to come from somewhere. 
one time my friend Tom had on a tank top and a beanie hat or something, and we were like, oh my god, Tom, you look just like the it's dude. Chris R. <laughs> Chris R. <laughs> what does he say? What? Like, give me my fucking money or something? Where's my money, Denny? Where's my fucking money, Denny? Did you lose my fucking money? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't have five minutes. <laughs> Like it's money's on the way. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be a great scene to talk about. I was a big fan in the, especially because they filmed it twice in the disaster artist film, having Josh Hutcherson and Zach Efron in those roles. Oh my God. <laughs> I died. Yeah. Chris R. What's his name? I'm forgetting the actor's name offhand, but he's another one of them that was like a little too professional for the film. And he's like, he's like a self-help, like he gives talks to people. He's a, he's a, he's kind of famous in a different way. And then they get him to play this weird <laughs> drug dealer. And we're talking about the wrong minute now. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Tyler. <laughs> it's okay. It doesn't have to go in order. I love Claudette's reaction to Lisa saying everything will be fine. Look, don't worry about it. Everything will be fine. They're carrying lots of people every day. It's like she just has this. It, she's not really rolling her eyes, but it's like, yeah, everyone says that. <laughs> like, okay, whatever. <laughs> They're carrying lots of people every day. They're carrying lots of people every day. It sounds like she says carrying, right? Carrying. (laughs) That's what I heard at first. Like, you'll be fine. They're carrying lots of people every day. (laughs) I'm like, what does that have to do with your mom's cancer? (laughs) No, they're carrying it. Well, I'll get to that in a second. At the end of this line, she also says, and Johnny says it's not a big deal anymore. In In the script, she has that, but. That's on the film. Also, I don't think Tommy Wiseau knows how cancer works, but we'll get to that in just a second. Because then you get Claudette's line, complaining about men again. Uh, this time it's Edward. Fucking Edward. Yeah. No good men. <laughs> oh. Oh, I heard Edward is talking about me. He is a hateful man. Oh, I'm so glad I divorced him. Now there's more in the script. And this is possibly now my favorite line. <laughs> and I wish it were in the movie. She says, I'm so glad I divorced him. I really think he gave me the breast cancer after he slept with that hooker. That type of riffraff carry all sorts of things, don't you agree? Oh, my. <laughs> so the other thing that does is that turns Claudette into, like, this weird, like, like reversely hateful person. <laughs> I think Tommy Wiseau thought cancer was an STD. <laughs> It sounds like it. I just be laughing. <laughs> so yeah, of course they're curing lots of people every day. It's like she just got herpes or syphilis or something. She'll be fine. <laughs> Take some antibiotics. Well, does Edward have breast cancer? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, I get you breast cancer after he slept with that hooker. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's currently my favorite line. Until I find some other gem later in the script. Like the flying car, but we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Don't worry about it. You just concentrate on getting well. That See, that works. You know, take your meds. D- does it, though? She's so, she's so one... Well, t- take your antibiotics. Monotone, like, the whole time. It's like, do you even care... <laughs> She's like, take the amoxicillin. It's not my problem. Lisa would much rather be talking about her problems than her mom's literal breast cancer. Yeah. I like how breast cancer is like (laughs) B on the list. It's like A is Harold. 
Most important. Annoying. <laughs> <laughs> B, I'm dying. That's true. She brought up Harold before she brought up the <laughs> And then C, Edward. But B is like, I'm definitely dying. I'm dying. <laughs> that actually fits with it being some sort of STD, too. It's not like the first part of the conversation is like, oh, by the way, I'm on some antibiotics now. Yeah, you just throw that out there. It's casual. That builds to your complaints. Like, if you yeah. just start right out with eye cancer, like, oh, sorry, like I'm not going to listen to anything else you say. You gotta, you gotta really work towards the the big one. Well, the daughter's pretty dismissive of it. It's like, oh, well, it's fine. Sharing people now. I want to, I want to <laughs> put this scene up on YouTube, but do like a little ADR where she says breast cancer and change it to like herpes, because <laughs> then the scene isn't as dramatic. It's like, oh, Must yeah. be good for Claudette. Getting some? Good. <laughs> good for her. Well, I don't know. When she thought of bringing someone to the party with her, the first time she thought of was her brother, so who knows. <laughs> well, and she's apparently... Was, was, did she get the breast cancer from her ex-husband while they were married? That's the impression I get. She's glad she divorced him, so I think he slept with a hooker, gave her the breast cancer, and then she divorced him. That's good grounds for divorce. <laughs> yeah. Someone gives you breast cancer. <laughs> this is California. This is a no-fault state, but we blame you for the breast cancer. <laughs> what do you cite? Do you cite irreconcilable differences? You just cite breast cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Reason for divorce. Gave me breast cancer. What are, in, Slept with whore. This is, it's San Francisco. They don't need to cite anything in California. You can just get divorced as long as you both agree on oh, it. Oh, really? Yep. Also in California, and you're writing an academic paper, you also don't need to cite anything. Well, that's not true. <laughs> As a teacher, no oh. one listened to what Tyler just said. Maybe that's <laughs> why I got kicked out of USC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kidding, don't play Drize. <laughs> Claude, unless you're doing a podcast, then play Drize a lot, because you have to. What does that mean? Well, I mean, because we're quoting these scripts and everything, it's not technically plagiarism. Oh, we have the right to criticize something. Yes. As long as we're talking about the content, we can quote as much as the fuck we want to, Tommy. Oh, yeah. Tommy. Yeah. Fuck you, Tommy. Fuck <laughs> you, Tommy. We love you, Tommy. But please sue us. <laughs> please sue us, Tommy. Yeah. No, please don't. We love you, Tommy. <laughs> okay, only sue me, Robert Black. I'm the producer. Uh, yeah, only sue him. <laughs> don't sue me. Allison is just a recurring guest. I'm just That's a recurring guest. Yeah. I, just sit here I accidentally called bit. my co-host a guest the other day. <laughs> <laughs> it just said the word guest, so that was like the word that was like in my head. <laughs> okay, where are we? Oh, so do you, go ahead. Do prenuptial agreements have like? Is it true they can have like exceptions? Like if he cheats, if he sleeps with a whore that gives me breast cancer. Oh yeah. It depends how good a lawyer you had when you wrote the prenup, because you can put anything in there, really. And then as long as they signed off on it, especially in California, it makes the divorce easier. It helps you get things, because we don't care. I want to meet the divorce lawyer that puts in the breast cancer clause, <laughs> because he just doesn't understand how it works. <laughs> if, if she gets breast cancer, it's your fault, because you slept with that hooker. And then you have to give her half. <laughs> yeah. Ever slept with a hooker? Well, she got the breast cancer. So how else? Slept with somebody. <laughs> Didn't get it from herself. We're not dumb. We know how cancer works. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't call it the cancer. Oh, yeah. Well, see, they didn't think it was that big a deal. It's written here as if it's not cancer. So, and occurring people every day. Yeah. Uh, 
And yeah, you just concentrate on getting well. And then Claudette says, Well, at least you have a good man. You have a good lumpy man. And Lisa says, You're wrong. You're wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. He's a lumpy man. And we've talked about the music in this movie before. It's been surprisingly good for a little low-budget thing. The music cue here is great because when Lisa says you're wrong, the music <laughs> is like, that's right. <laughs> she's wrong. Something horrible is coming. You're wrong. <laughs> Mom, he's not what you think he is. Dun, dun, dun. He didn't get his promotion. <gasps> and he got drunk last night. Ooh. Oh. And he hit me. She, she, she leads, she does, she does the build up just like her mother. That's what I said. She learns from the best. <laughs> the way she says, and he hit me, I, I had a thought and I put it in my notes. One, Johnny actually hit her, and Lisa didn't plan to include this, because she says it like it's extra. Hmm. Two, Johnny definitely did not hit her, and... Not. <laughs> I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Sex scene three suggests last night went fine, so that's fine. She planned to tell this lie, but does it badly. Or three, she thought her mom would be more horrified by the promotion and the getting drunk, and then just adds this because her mother's not horrified yet. Which I think Juliet's acting suggests that. Like, and he hit me as an afterthought. Like, she just came up with it. She says it strangely. I read it as yeah. being a lie. And he hit me. Well, I, I think we're supposed to read it as a lie. But I was trying to figure out why it seems like she's making it up on the spot. Because she pauses. And it seems like she just decided to add that one. Which I don't think is the case. In this kind of, like, sociopathic way, like, she clearly, like, believes probably the the first two things, and then the one she doesn't believe is the, the hitting thing. Yeah. Because that one might not be as concretely true. Yeah. And then Claudette's reaction is great. Johnny doesn't drink. What are you talking about? Which we can assume Johnny does hit people. Because she doesn't, she doesn't have a problem with that one yet. Like, not to, not to get on a soapbox, but like, it's very disheartening that, uh, Lisa's mother doesn't believe her when she tells her about, like, possible abuse. <laughs> <laughs> this, this minute is all kinds of wrong. Lisa doesn't care that her mother has cancer and her mother doesn't care that Lisa's being abused. But they're still enjoying each other's company and some tea, so it's fine. She looks down before she says, and he hit me. I think that's what Tortel. Makes it seem not true. Yeah, I think she's she's trying to sell it. But, yeah, she's not a good liar. Knows if you look up, you're lying. So if you look down, you're definitely not lying. Well, she had, yeah. like... But she had to pause to remember that. Eye contact up until she says, and he hit me. Well, it's because the other two things are true. He didn't get his promotion. And though she pushed him into it, he did get drunk last night. Yeah, he pushed her into it. I mean, she pushed him into it. See, what she should have done is during sex scene three is, like, grab his arm and kind of just slap herself with it. Because then the, this would be true as well. <laughs> like get a weird hickey on her like elbow. Yeah. Because Johnny would probably be into that. It's like sex scene three includes a lot of spanking. And then she's like, yeah, see, there's a bruise. She grabs his just arm. just gets awkward. Mm-hmm. Starts hitting herself with his arm. <laughs> well, I like the idea that she like like pulls down her pants and shows her mom like a bruise on her butt. Like, yeah. <laughs> See, he hit me. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, just like... Edward. <laughs> and Harold. Ooh, Claudette. <laughs> okay. No, Claudette would have a whole new guy for this reference. She'd just be like, just like Malcolm. <laughs> he used to smack my ass all the time. Oh, Malcolm's a dirty boy. <laughs> Who knows what disease he gave her. Uh, 
Well, it's the weird thing is it's actually Frankie Muniz from Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> good, good for her. He's still pretty young at this point. Yeah. Uh, well, he was eighteen. Great. Whatever. He's whatever. Still, yeah, he's still really young at this point. <laughs> Cody Spanks. There we go. <laughs> Goodbye. Those child actors. Uh, yeah, Johnny doesn't drink. What are you talking about? He did last night, and I don't love him anymore. <laughs> Yeah, end of the scene, really. That's all we need. Yeah. Do you interpret the <laughs> the Lisa character as, like, a result of the, like, internalized misogyny of Tommy Wiseau? Yes. Or, like, a weird, like, retro, like, self-hating, like, the, that's, like, the bad side of himself is that he's, like, a weird sociopath, but he, like, he hates that part of himself. So he kind of launches it onto this character. Well, I don't think it has to be either or. I yeah, I guess the that's second true. Could lead to the first. That's how you get the first. But yeah, and the editing makes her even worse because in the film, this scene is supposed to be earlier. She's not supposed to have slept with Mark yet. Tommy gets drunk. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny gets drunk every time. Johnny gets drunk, supposedly hits her, and then she has sex with Mark the next day in the script. And so it, she's more relatable there and then the editing has changed it so that she is manipulative and horrible from the beginning that's if if we're thinking about the like the concept of tragedy which this this film definitely tries to adhere to it does kind of adhere to this like kind of ancient tradition of like tragedy where it's not necessarily like not necessarily the protagonist's fault it's like slightly their fault but it's also like I don't know. When I think of, when I think of Oedipus, it's like, like he, he kind of like did the right thing along like the whole way. He just like happened to be like in the wrong situation. So yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's the film is set up. The story is set up as Johnny is a great guy who sort of inadvertently is sort of responsible for his problems because he well, no, that's not even right, because he's never, he's not mean to Lisa. No, he's not. Too nice. The problem is they've been together since she was like, well, if you do the math right, 14. And so <laughs> maybe 16. They say seven years, and then they say five years at one point. The other thing is, like, part of it is Johnny, like, doesn't want her to have a job or something. Well, she she has a job, but it doesn't go, it isn't going well. Is he, like, discouraging her, or...? Well, I, I was reading a thing in actually the disaster artist today where Greg Cicero puts it as essentially Johnny's idea of what like a wife is, is she's sitting on the couch waiting for you when you get home. She's already kept a place clean. She's already made dinner or ordered dinner and she's available for multiple sex scenes. <laughs> Lisa wants more than that. Yeah. And in that way, like, but Tommy, but Tommy's not self-aware enough to like build the tragedy around that. Like no, but then he accidentally does. That's so annoying. <laughs> it's weird. The plot works. It's just the details of the plot that don't work. Yeah, yeah. Johnny is your financial security. You can't afford to ignore this. What is it she's telling her not to ignore? Because it well, the phrasing is weird where it comes in the conversation. Because is it can't ignore loving johnny can't ignore him drinking or can't ignore him hitting her or the it's i don't know 
almost as if the dialogue doesn't add up. Which is <laughs> interesting because Claudette's dialogue is almost exactly from the script other than the part that was cut out. Like, this is the line. You can't afford to ignore this. I don't... She's trying... She's not trying to ignore it. She's trying to get rid of it. <laughs> she doesn't love him anymore. Oh. You know, say what you will about the actress who plays Claudette, but she does professional work. She comes in, she reads the lines, she nails oh, it. Yeah. Sometimes she passes out. But that wasn't even her fault. Yeah. And even then, she was on the set <laughs> acting until she passed out. She didn't complain ahead of time. I like the idea of Tommy Wiseau as like a, like a Stanley Kubrick type where he's like really trying to draw out the performances by making them do all these takes in the hot sun. <laughs> or, uh, who was it I just heard about? Uh, William Friedkin who would hit people on his sets. Oh, yay. We love abusive male directors. <laughs> so, Tommy Wiseau, he's like, I'm not going to give them water or pay them on time. Oh, yay. Are you excited for the new Quentin Tarantino movie about how a lady gets killed? Mm. Woo! Don't get me started on Tarantino. (laughs) I actually am excited for that movie though. I really love Leo and Brad Pitt. My, I've said this in another completely different podcast, but my problem with Tarantino is his movies are pretty good, but he annoys the crap out of me. Yeah, he's got that kind of Bono thing going, doesn't he? And his, the pretension of like, I don't, I don't care if he wants to make 10 movies and then retire or even tell an interview that, but when you start advertising your movies as the eighth film from and the ninth film from, I'm like, shut <laughs> up. But, <laughs> I kind of like but that. That being said, I hope Tommy advertises his shark movie as the second movie from Tommy Wiseau because <laughs> he deserves it. That's a household name. Uh. <laughs> no, that'll make, that'll work as a, if that trailer played in a regular theater. And people were like, the second movie? Who the fuck is Tommy Wiseau? And then they go find out. He's making a shark movie? I did not bite her. (laughs) (laughs) I did not. It's like, we can see the teeth marks. Hi, Sharky. (laughs) Oh, hi, Sharky. Yeah. Yeah, okay, Mom. Can I just talk to you later? Is the last line of our minute. Any other notes on this minute? No, that's it. So, notes from a midnight screening. For this Notes from a midnight screening. Everyone says, along with Claudette, I, I definitely, definitely have, have breast, breast cancer. cancer. <laughs> and just like they hated Harold last minute when she says, I heard H- Edward is talking about me. People are like, fucking Edward. <laughs> Fuck Edward. Fucking Edward. <laughs> and Lisa, when she's like, he didn't get his promotion. It was funny at the last screening I went to. Someone's like, Whoa. And then, and he got drunk last night. They're like, what? And they're like, just get increasingly horrified with each part of this, what she's saying. <laughs> but then someone countered because she says, and he hit me. The audience officially love, uh, does not like Lisa. They hate Lisa. And he hit me. Someone said, because you're a fucking bitch. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Do not support calling women fucking bitches, but no. that was pretty funny. <laughs> That's one of the things. The the audience's treatment of Lisa is horrible, but in the circumstances, it is funny. And that is a that is a bad thing to be finding funny, but it's still funny because the entire audience getting together to hate someone is like it's weird how it's grown to that over fifteen years. That Tommy Wiseau hasn't done anything to get canceled yet. I mean, like the. <laughs> 
the public sentiment hasn't turned against him yet. Well, I think enough of the public doesn't know about him or they've heard of him and they don't care because they don't want to watch bad movies. What would it take for Tommy Wiseau to get canceled? He would have to do something actively against the drunk college students who are his biggest audience. Like, stop allowing midnight screenings, basically. Well, like, what if he actually hit a woman? What, that would be that would be hilarious now. That depends. If we had video of him doing it, maybe that'd be something. Oh. Cancel culture, that's what you're talking about? But it's hard to say in 2019 that anyone would care. Yeah. I'm saying I want Tommy Wiseau to be canceled. Oh, for sure. But I, it would be interesting with with him specifically because it seems like he's done he did problematic things when they were making the film. Yeah. But people but only kind of like him. But for a lot that. of that was because he didn't know what he was doing, so it's forgivable. Like even the water is like he didn't think it was his responsibility as producer to give them water. You take care of your own food and drink. We're making a movie here. But he could have gotten water once people started feigning. Right. And he was wrong about all of that and like getting people their paychecks on time. Greg would tell, he told Robin Paris, who plays Michelle, we'll see you next minute. The set ran on Tommy time. <laughs> and it's because Tommy was making up a lot of it as he was going. And so he had everyone had to be on set every day, even if they didn't end up doing a scene that day because he didn't know he had to schedule things ahead of time to save money and make it efficient. Sad. Mm. And the, the last note from midnight screening is when Claudette says, Johnny's your financial security. Someone will scream gold digger. <laughs> and so Tyler, end of another show. It's me. The audience wants to hear more from you. Where can they do so? Yes. Yeah, so if you want to hear more of my hard hitting cancel culture support, support system, um, go listen to my podcast on, uh, the internet. <laughs> Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox Minute, where we talk about the Wes Anderson film, Fantastic Mr. Fox, one minute at a time. Do you like movies about quirky protagonists who kind of shun everyone in their lives until they end up doing something kind of interesting and make everyone forget how how terrible they were to them all along? Well, then you'll love basically any movie that's ever been made, but also Fantastic Mr. Fox. But yeah, uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox Minute, wherever you listen to podcasts, and on Twitter, at Amateur Nerds. But it's nothing wrong when people make fun of the project, in this case, The Room. The Room Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Follow The Room Minute on all the obvious social media. If you've got any stupid comments after the show, you can leave them in your pocket on Facebook. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you for listening. And remember, if a lot of people loved each other, the world would be a better place to live. Leave us! <laughs>